Bible prophesied of a unique time on earth, Israel would be returned to her land, the church would turn to false doctrines, technology would increase, and wickedness and immorality would run rampant. The time spoken of so long ago has come. Join Charlie Garrett as he breaks down these events for us as they unfold each week. Sunday, 6th January, got a new year here, 2019, time for the Prophecy Update of the Week. And we got a few announcements to make. I'm going to start with some guests that are visiting from California. They are in Anaheim, California, and they attend uh, Jack Hibbs Calvary Chapel out in uh, Chino Hills. And so it's kind of an honor to have you guys here come all the way to Sarasota, Florida to watch an update and fly back to this afternoon. I'm kidding. They're going on a cruise, and they have a son that's here in Florida as well in the U.S. military. So uh, here they are. And I hope I get all these right. I got Ron Barra. All right. He is retiring in three months as a police officer out in California. So we have another retired police officer that walked in a couple minutes ago from New York, and he's back there. But now we have a soon-to-be retired police officer, and we thank you for your service. And then we have his wife, Shannon, and wife of 32 years, you said? 32 years. So I got you beat by a couple of years. Yeah. Anyway, and then we have their daughter, Christina, here, lovely as ever, and she is um, going into the U.S. military. She's joining the U.S. Air Force. So uh, uh, wonderful stuff, and we appreciate the service you commitment you've made as well. And then we have um, Ron's brother, Eric, who's also visiting with them, and he is uh, getting his doctoral, um, his PhD in psychology. Is that correct? Psychology. So there you go. So we've got a wonderfully smart family here, and uh, we thank you for making the effort. And then we have also today, Cheryl is visiting, who is a friend of Jack and Beth Colvin, and she's just here visiting today, and we want to thank you so much for making the effort. So uh, there you go with that. And let's see here. I have um, Usama. If some of you know Usama, uh, not Bin Laden, <laughs> Usama Dokdok, and he's coming to Florida here shortly. And if anybody attends online that has their own church in Florida, he is willing to go speak. Oh, Usama Bin Laden, he's red over there from that one. Anyway, um, he's uh, he's willing to talk to any church in Florida while he is here. So he will come to the Superior Word. And he'll do an update for us. But he, uh, if you are in a church in Florida and your pastor says, I would like to have him speak, he will do that. So uh, please keep him in mind. And then I have somebody named Paul, a friend of mine online. He attends online, but uh, he's looking for a Bible-based church around Cincinnati. He has not been able to find one. So if you know of a good Bible-based church around Cincinnati, please email me. And I will take care of that and get it to Paul. So uh, that would be wonderful. And then we have... Um, uh, the website, the Superior Word website was hacked by some very, very intelligent hackers. Uh, I, I don't want to give any of the information. We were able to take care of that by a much, much better hacker, um, a, an extremely good one. And it was hacked. It uh, was taken care of, but they have access in through these different back doors. And they will try again. They are going to do this again. And the reason why is because much, it, you know, we have on our website literally thousands of pages. We've got commentaries. We've got videos. We've got it, it, just thousands of pages. And manually, they went in and they made a link to pharmaceuticals on each one of those pages. This isn't something that could be done by a computer. So they've got a lot invested in the Superior Word website. I was really appalled at the price of Viagra they're selling. It was just terrible. But uh, anyway, they, uh, they did do that. And if you see 
if you are searching for the Superior Word website, the way that it happens, it, it won't go if you type in superiorword.org. It will only happen if you go to Google, and then from Google, you type in the Superior Word, then it will pull up, and you'll see a lot of Spanish instead of English. And it won't say anything about a Bible-based church. It'll say things about Viagra and other things that you might need in your your general uh, pharmaceutical life. But if you see that, please let us know immediately. I'm in the habit now of checking each day for that, but uh, there may be other things that happen that we're not even aware of. So I would appreciate anybody letting us know about that. And then something that just came to mind while you're all here, I've got some really big, I picked some coconuts yesterday and I shucked them for you. So if anybody wants coconuts, please grab them on the way out. If not, they'll go to work with my wife tomorrow. But uh, some of them are pretty big, so uh, knock yourselves out if you want some coconuts. Uh, it has nothing to do with the update. It just came to mind. So, um, All right, so there you go. Those are the announcements for the people online, and we'll get into our first category, as always, which is Israel. And from CBN. Oh, wait, one more thing. I want to thank um, the people at Pal Talk for another camo bandana. And today I'm all in green, so I'm completely invisible. I know you can't see me, but you can hear my voice, so that's what matters. But thank the folks on Pal Talk for that. Uh, I'm getting down in the pile of bandanas they sent me, but uh, there we go. Um, okay, so from CBN. Ancient prophecies are being realized. Netanyahu's holiday message to Christians worldwide. I mentioned this during the Bible study on Sunday. And uh, for those that don't watch the Bible study, shame on you. But secondly, um, there's a reason why I'm bringing this up. And it's not because of the ancient prophecies being realized so much as what is ignored by Netanyahu and the people in Israel. Prime Minister Netanyahu expressed his gratitude to Christians around the world, good job, and in the U.S. in particular for their strong support of the Jewish state. I think every Christian should support the state of Israel. That's something we should do because God promised he would bring them back to the land. That's in the books of Moses, which we're going through right now. And even under the curses of Leviticus 26, it is impossible to miss, if you properly read the last few verses of that chapter, that it is Israel that is returned to the land that belongs in that land, even after their second punishment, which he said would happen. And they were punished. It lasted a long, long time. And by his sovereign act of grace, he has brought them back. And in fulfillment of his covenant to them, he's brought them back into the land of Israel. So, um, he says, um, we're united in a shared destiny. Well, that's true to some extent, the Jews and the Christians. I want to thank you all for your support. He went on to point out that believers are living in a time when biblical prophecies are unfolding at lightning speed. I will agree with that as well. 100% I agree with that. And we are seeing it happen. Uh, some of you were alive at the establishment of the state of Israel. I was a little boy when Jerusalem was recaptured. And things are happening almost every day, it seems like, that are pointing to what's coming in the end times. But the uh, ancient prophecies are being realized. The people of Israel have ingathered their exiles, come back to the promised land, built Zion, reunited with our eternal capital, Jerusalem. Netanyahu noted that the shared religious heritage of Christians and Jews was not lost on the state of Israel. And we talked about that before we opened today. Uh, the folks visiting from California is that um, that uh, is something that even some of the more ardent Jews are beginning to realize is that we are their biggest supporter. So even if they don't want to talk to us about Christianity, they know that we are supporting them. Having said that, the thing that is missing from Netanyahu's talk is it's true that prophecies are being fulfilled today in Israel. What they ignore, though, are the prophecies that are pointing to what is going to happen to Israel. 
And it all comes down to the fact that Israel is not right with the Lord. I support the state of Israel because God has placed them there, not because they're right with the Lord, not because they in any way, shape, or form merit that. They do not, all right? They are not following Jesus Christ, who is the Messiah, who has come, and they the prophecies, they say, well, these prophecies are being fulfilled. That's kind of a double standard because if they actually believe the prophecies of the Bible, they would believe that they are going to go through the tribulation period. They would believe that two-thirds of them are going to be exterminated during that period. And these are things that we cannot, as Christians, run from. We cannot hide it. And, you know, I see quite often many, many um, prophecy update people and uh, talkers from Israel that talk about how we should support the state of Israel. And I'm right there with them. But we should support the state of Israel by evangelizing them and letting them know what's coming. If we hide half of this truth, we are not doing them any service at all. We can support them until we're blue in the face, but they need Jesus. And so, Netanyahu is ignoring, first of all, Leviticus 26, which said these punishments would come upon them. They've completely blocked that out of their history. They find fault in every other place except themselves for what has occurred. And it's very explicit in the Bible what it says what happened to them when they rejected their Lord. Okay? Everything that's come upon them. And you uh, will see some of the things I talk about, as I do each week, are negative about Israel. And that's because, once again, they're not right with the Lord. And so he has done this according to uh, Ezekiel 36, verse 22. Yet not for your sake, O house of Israel, am I going to do these things, but for the sake of my holy name, which you have blasphemed among the nations. And if we are not willing to make that stand and make that proclamation, you talk to uh, the guy out in um, Texas. You know, he's united with Christians, united with Israel, and he's got a big voice out there. And he says that Jews are saved through the Old Covenant. Okay, he's a dual covenantalist. That's a heresy. They're not saved through the Old Covenant. Nobody's saved through the Old Covenant. There is no way that a person is going to get to heaven except through the blood of Jesus Christ. Okay, he's not doing them any favor at all. He thinks he's doing great things for them. If you know who I'm talking about, I'm not going to give his name, but he thinks he's doing great things for the state of Israel, and he is only bringing them harm. We must hold the line on this. So please keep that in mind. When you talk to a Jew, you must let them know there's one way to be saved, and it is through Christ. And if you don't receive him, you are going to be a part of the nation that goes through the tribulation period, and there's a two-thirds chance that you will not make it out the other end, okay? The Lord does love Israel, but he must judge Israel. It will be either in him at the cross of Calvary, or it will be in them along with the rest of the world in the tribulation period. Okay, very serious way to start out the new year, but it, we have to be fair and evaluate the Bible properly. Times of Israel, 2018, the year Donald Trump upended the U.S.-Israel relationship. Throughout 2018, Trump made a series of decisions that have had vast implications for Israel's future, for its conflict with the Palestinians, and for its efforts to thwart Iran's quest to obtain a nuclear weapon and spread its influence throughout the region. And throughout it all, he has put Israel in the center of the news. It's marvelous to see what we have going on right here. And it made a focal point of his administration. In typical Trumpian fashion, he made the last year one of upheaval and controversy, which makes me love him all the more. Here are the five ways that he upended U.S.-Israel relations in 2018. I will mention them. They give a long commentary on each. I'm not going to read them. I'm just giving you the five points. If it whets your appetite, go read the article. One, moving the U.S. Embassy to Israel. Two, withdrawing the U.S. from the Iran deal. Three, cutting the U.S. aid to the Palestinians. I love that one. Four, pulling U.S. troops from Syria. 
He kept a promise in that. He's going through that. It will go slower than he originally intended, but it will happen. And five, teasing the release of his peace plan, which is a non-starter. Once again this week, Abbas said that he will have nothing to do with Trump or his peace plan, so it ain't going to happen, all right? (laughs) Donald Trump is not the Antichrist. I have to keep bringing that up because people keep saying, well, he's the Antichrist. He's, it's not, he's not, okay? Anyway, you need to read Daniel 9, 24 through 27, and you'll understand that the Antichrist is coming out of a revived Roman empire. He's going to be a Roman. He's not going to be, and you know, people will say, well, the U.S. extends from the Roman Empire, and so they use that justification to say that Obama was the Antichrist. No, it doesn't work that way. And now they use that justification to say that Trump is the Antichrist. It doesn't work that way, okay? This is something that's going to happen from Europe. It's not going to happen from the U.S. We will probably be taken out of the picture before it happens. From uh, United with Israel, four million visitors. Israel breaks tourism records in 2018. Once again, I've been reporting on that all year, and it continued right up until the end. The figures were an increase of approximately 13% on the previous year and 38% on the year before that. Good news for Israel. From the Times of Israel, hate crimes in New York, 2018. Jews targeted more than all other groups combined. Anti-Semitic incidents rose by 22% from last year. Uh, It's not a huge number, but it's still a great increase. Of the 352 hate crimes, 183 were anti-Semitic incidents. Brooklyn has seen a spate of hate crimes against Jews in recent months. Overall, the tally of hate crimes in New York is up about 6% from 331 in the same time last year. The ADL has recorded a 60% increase in anti-Semitic assaults this year. Crimes targeting black, white, and Asian people have also increased as those based on sexual orientation. Those categories combined still include fewer crimes than the number of anti-Semitic incidents. Anti-Muslim incidents dropped by one half. There have been 18 this year, down from 34 last year, and 31 in 2016. So the Muslims are obviously being more pleasing to everybody than everybody else, but the Jews are being persecuted. It wouldn't surprise me if we do start seeing slowly but surely Jews leaving and going to Israel. That may or may not happen. We may have a large contingent of them in the end times, but France is pretty much certain. They're, they're starting to pack their bags and leave there. It may start happening in the U.S., From the Washington Times, U.S. and Israel exit U.N. cultural agency claiming bias. The U.S. and Israel officially quit UNESCO at the stroke of midnight. That was on the first of the year. Good job, folks. And uh, let's see here. The culmination of a process triggered more than a year ago amid concerns that the organization fosters anti-Israel bias. If you haven't paid attention to what they do and the things that they support, then you wouldn't know this, but they are totally anti-Israel, totally, and 100. Why would we keep supporting them in any way, shape, or form? Why would we do it? The Paris-based organization has been denounced by its critics as a crucible for anti-Israel bias, blasted for criticizing Israel's occupation of East Jerusalem, naming the ancient Jewish sites as Fakistinian heritage sites, and granting full membership to the Fakistinian Authority in 2011. Everything has been against Israel. Everything has been for a group of people that are not even a group of people. They have no right to the land. They, uh, it, it's just very sad the way the world treats these things, but it fits right into Bible prophecy, right? Zechariah, I'm going to make Jerusalem a cup of trembling, and you know everything it says in the Bible about Israel being the center of the nations and the center of this great conflict is happening right before our eyes. I like that um, globalists support the Palestinians. Yeah, globalists support the Palestinians. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Why? It, it, that doesn't make any sense at all, but you're right. 
All right, here we go. A little something to end the Israel section today from the Times of Israel. As I quoted uh, Ezekiel 36.22 a couple minutes ago, Rose Parade Queen says she is the first to be Jewish and LGBTQ. Yes, California teen says she will be the first Jewish LBGTQ and glasses-wearing queen to reign over Pasadena's storied Rose Parade. Louise Desser Siskel of San Marino was chosen as the Rose Queen and will preside over a series of events leading up to the parade. Now, that was on the first, wasn't it? I don't watch football, so I I wouldn't know these things. But anyway, this article came from last week. Um, She says she is the first queen who is Jewish, LGBTQ, and who wears glasses. So once again, not for your sake, O House of Israel, but for the sake of my holy name, which you have blasphemed among the nations. I support Israel because God has placed them back in the land. All right. He said he would. He has done it. That's why I support them. But other than that, they have to be told that they are not right with the Lord. It's our responsibility as Christians. Okay. From Christian News. From the Times of Israel. Can creationism and science coexist? This scholar helps evangelicals to think so. All right, I know this is kind of a stupid article, and you all know this, but I'm going to read it anyway because some people just think that you can believe in evolution and you can believe in creation at the same time. They are incompatible, folks. If you don't know that, watch our Thursday night Bible classes, and we talk about it from time to time. But here we go. In an ambitious new book, a scholar of the Hebrew Bible uses his knowledge of Scripture and science to contend that people can believe in both religion and evolution. Faith and Fossils, The Bible, Creation, and Evolution by Lester L. Grabby, I guess G-R-A-B-B-E. Anyway, can creation and science coexist? This scholar helps evangelicals to think so. Okay, he concludes that one can accept that God created the universe and that life operates according to principles that include the theory of evolution. Today, 60% of Americans believe in evolution, while 33% say they do not. Well, here's a problem right there, is when you make your uh, basis of a decision on a poll, you've already erred. It doesn't matter what people think. The only thing that matters is what truth is. When somebody says 33% of the people say this, and you say, oh, well, then maybe I should start believing that. Irrelevant. Don't base your decisions on theology, especially on polls. Okay, the latter figure includes 57% of evangelical Protestants. So of 33% that uh, believe in creationism, 57% of them are evangelical Protestants. It was my aim to write to evangelicals and show them that they can continue to maintain their faith stance, but also accept modern science, including the demonstrated processes of evolution. Do you know that there are no demonstrated processes of evolution anywhere? There is not one bone of evidence for evolution. Okay? I will give the example that I give quite often so that people know um, what I'm talking about. But it was about eight or ten years ago that they found Ida the fossil. Okay? Ida was the missing link. Okay? Which implies if they have now found the missing link that there was... No missing link before they found the missing link. Everybody got that? So Ida the Fossil was the missing link. It had been found many years earlier. It was put on a shelf, and finally somebody was cataloging and researching, and they pulled it out, and they said, we have found the missing link. They called it Ida Fossil. Okay? Guess what? A couple weeks later, or it might have been a couple of months, but they said, we were wrong. This is not the missing link. Meaning, 
that there is no missing link. If that was the missing link and then it wasn't there, there is nothing. There is not one bone of evidence to prove evolution. If you've been told there is, it's a lie. There's much more evidence against it. Okay, evolution is called a theory. A theory is not a law. If it was a law, we would say the law of evolution. It has never been proved. It is a theory and it is bad, bad science. Okay, so I'll stop right there and I'll say this about the reason why evolution is not true and cannot be true if the Bible is true, which he's trying to make say that both can be believed at the same time is because you cannot evolve into anybody original sin. You cannot evolve into original sin. If you evolved into sin, then you do not need a redeemer. You do not need Jesus Christ and the Bible is false. All right. That's the crux of it right there. So when you read these type of things, understand that there is no basis for believing in any evolutionary model at all within Scripture. Scripture says, and everybody believed this up until the 1800s, nobody disputed it. Moses believed it. Paul the Apostle believed it, that God created, and he did it in six literal days. When it says evening and morning the first day, that means that it was a day. It wasn't three billion years or seven billion years or 16 billion years. It was evening and morning the first day. That's repeated on each of the six days of creation, and then God rested on the seventh day. It goes on. The author brings a unique perspective. A number of books have been written on science, evolution, and religion with the aim of showing that they need not be contradictory, but most of these books have been written by scientists, Grabby explained. Mine is one of the few books on the subject written by a biblical specialist. Grabby has accepted evolution and a reversal of his views growing up in a fundamentalist Christian environment in the U.S. Well, that shows you what a poor Bible scholar he is. And the reason why is because when I came to Christ, I believed in evolution because that's what they taught at Riverview High School where I went to high school, okay? I just accepted it. It was very difficult for me to come out of that. But by reading the Bible and accepting the Bible, there's no other alternative except creationism if I believe this is the word of God, okay? So that shows you how bad of a theologian he is because he went from believing in creation to not believing in creation. And he's basing on something which is entirely unfounded. There's no evidence for it, okay? I'll give you an example, just a very simple one. Iraq has um, uh, uranium 22796B in it, right? And it's got a half-life of 10 billion years. And so they can say that rock is 20 billion years old, okay? We'll just go with that. That's what they'll say, all right? When Adam was created, the day after he was created, he went to the DMV, and he applied for a driver's license. And why did they turn him down? He was only a day old. He wasn't 30 years old. He looked like he was 30 years old, but he wasn't. Okay, does everybody understand that? When God created this rock and this rock, this rock naturally looks older. This one looks younger. And the reason why is because he created everything as if it was. It says he created the trees with the fruit and the seed inside. Well, you don't have trees that have fruit in them until 30 years or 15 years or however long that particular tree takes. Everything has an appearance of age. When God created, he spoke and it stood firm and everything had its own appearance of age. All right. So here we go. I came to have a different perspective on the Bible than I did as a farm boy reading his Bible on a regular basis. I came to accept evolution, not because my views on science changed, but because I came to see the Bible in its context and its aims as a religious document. Now he seeks to encourage others to do the same. Impossible 
Taking it in context, he could not have come to those conclusions. You might email Sergio and find out if something's wrong, because I got something that's uh, making all kinds of noise over here. Anyway, there you go. Don't believe that kind of nonsense. From the Free Beacon, the 116th Congress contains the lowest number of Christians in U.S. history. The 116th Congress is comprised of the lowest number of Christian lawmakers since the Pew Research Center began collecting data in 1961, and it is a slightly more religious, diverse body than the previous Congress. Christians now represent 88% of the current Congress. Now, let's get this straight. This includes Mormons who are not Christians. This includes many people that are nominal Christians at best. Uh, Nancy Pelosi would be considered a Christian by this Pew Research because she's a Catholic. All right. She's the farthest thing from Christ that I could think of. Okay. So here we go. It's 88% of the current Congress, a 3% drop from the 91% of the 115th Congress who identified as Christian. Anglicans, Episcopalians saw the greatest losses dropping from 44 to 35 members. No loss there anymore. They used to be a good denomination. That ended years ago. Catholics lost five. Mormons lost three. Christian scientists lost one, meaning they are no longer represented in Congress. At the same time, there are now more non-denominational or Christians of unspecified affiliation in Congress, meaning that there are more Bible-believing Christians in those categories, probably, all right? On the whole, Congress members identifying with evangelical or unspecified non-denominational churches gained 18, bringing their representation up to 80. So some of the fat is being cut out of the Christian representation, and some probably more Christian Christians are going up, all right? So that's something to uh, consider there. Um, I'm going to stop right there. I'm going to say something that came to mind. If the rapture happens, we'll say in this year. Okay. You want to know how the world can devolve very quickly. If the rapture happens, I am, other people are not, and I'm not going to, I don't want an email from you. I don't want to debate this. Okay. I'm just going to give you my thought on this. I am of the opinion that our president has received Jesus Christ. He is a believer. If he's not, don't email me. I don't want to hear about it. Okay. That is, I am of that opinion. He will go out at the rapture. His second in command is a avowed Christian, okay? What does that mean for the succession of presidency? Nancy Pelosi would become the president. You want to see a country go down the tubes this quickly. How could it happen that America is taken out of the picture? You've got her as president. There you go, all right? And plus you take out any of these other Christians that are in the Congress, and they've got a majority in both houses all of a sudden. You talk about destroying a nation in 30 minutes, there you go. Okay, just came to mind yesterday, and I thought I'd share that with you. From Breitbart, Democrat Senator Kristen Sinema, this really isn't Christian news, but it involves the Bible. Kristen Sinema refuses to take the oath of office on the Bible. Newly elected Arizona Senator Kristen Sinema refused to be sworn in on a Bible, opting instead to place her right hand on a book of laws, including the U.S. and Arizona constitutions. Kristen always gets sworn in on a constitution simply because of her love for the constitution. I would say that's impossible. If she's a Democrat, she has no love for the constitution at all. Zero. And we'll go on with that in a second anyway. Um, It's a Sinema who started her political career as a member of the Green Party, also identifies as a bisexual. No surprise there. She is only the second member of the Senate to identify as an LGBTQ. 
despite her current claim to love the U.S. Constitution, in her work with left-wing groups in the early 2000s, Sinema was far less solicitous of the law of the land. In fact, she was quoted in 2002 as saying she thought it was acceptable that anarchists and Antifa types perpetrated violence, carried weapons, and destroyed property in pursuit of the extremist goals. So once again, her idea of what a constitution is has nothing to do with the reality of the U.S. Constitution. All right, from Islam today, Mail Online. Hero police officer was stabbed while tackling Allah Akbar screaming knife man during Manchester Station Rampage. This is this past week. Praise for cops' incredible bravery to end New Year attack that left two more hurt. Man wielding a kitchen knife shouting Allah Akbar attacks people at the station. Attacker was pepper sprayed and tasered. If they could carry guns there, he'd be dead right now and they wouldn't have to worry about this. Then he was pinned down and arrested. Anti-terror officers are investigating. Police have not said if it was a terror attack. Well, this is the type of problem that you have when you will not identify a terrorist as a terrorist, then you will continue to have these things going on. There you go. Gateway Pundit, Muslim doctor. Most of you probably saw this. It made all of the, the right news services. It probably didn't make CNN, but that's okay. Muslim doctor fired from Ohio Clinic after threatening to purposely give Jews patients wrong medication. Now, this is a doctor that was doing this. A Muslim doctor was fired from a Cleveland, Ohio clinic after it was discovered she bragged she would purposely give all Jewish patients the wrong medication. Lara Kalab, 27, was a supervised resident at the Cleveland clinic. The Cleveland Clinic released a statement on Monday via Cleveland News 19. This individual was employed as a supervised resident at our hospital from July to September of 2018. She is no longer working at the Cleveland Clinic. In no way do these beliefs reflect those of our organization. We fully embrace diversity, inclusion, and a culture of safety and respect across our entire health system. According to reports, Kalab's medical license remains active. That should have been the very first thing they did was report her, and that should have been suspended immediately. No more practicing for this person. Her license was issued in some county in July 2018. It is valid until 2021. Laura Kalab has also posted many tweets where she defended Hamas terrorists and supported Islamic terrorists. There you go. From the Times of Israel. What's that? Everything's Okay, good, thank you, because this has been making noise over here for 10 minutes. From the Times of Israel, Saudis give $50 million to cash-strapped UN agency for Fakistanian refugees. We have cut it out, and what did I say would happen? Let the world take over? They're taking over. We have saved $50 million in this one instance, but overall about 300 and some million dollars a year, going to these people that hate us, that don't want any goodwill for us, and now the rest of the world is taking over as they should. Okay, Saudi Arabia has completed a donation of $50 million to the UN agency for Fakistanian refugees. The organization's leader said, amid a funding shortfall following the U.S. decision to cut all financial aid. Good job, President Trump. From Zero Hedge, outrage after Swedish TV downplays gruesome ISIS beheadings. You know those two girls that went to Morocco. They went down there, they were raped, they were tortured, and then they were beheaded. Okay, this is Swedish TV. They threaten prison for sharing their video. Swedish state broadcaster SVT has outraged viewers after they ran an article claiming that the gruesome ISIS-inspired murder of two Scandinavian girls in Morocco had nothing to do with Islam. 
before warning Swedes that sharing a graphic beheading video of the incident could result in up to four years of imprisonment. Marin Uland of Norway and Louisa Vesterager Jesperson of Denmark were murdered while backpacking in the high Atlas Mountains of Morocco. Both girls were stabbed multiple times while one of them was beheaded on video. During a Christmas event, report on the murders SVT made no mention of the fact that one of the women was beheaded. As a matter of fact, BBC said she suffered knife wounds to the neck. Her head was removed from her body and they called it a knife wound to the neck. Yeah, that's true. It's terrible what these people are doing over there. The, the lack of truthful news that's going on. Um, they didn't mention that she was beheaded nor the ISIS link calling their injuries knife damage, yet warned viewers of the legal risks of sharing the video of the incident. We have got very good legislation in place called unlawful infringement this law is aimed at just this kind of case when someone spreads information or images of someone in a vulnerable position. According to one Twitter user, to sum up SVT's coverage of Muslim terrorist attack in Morocco and Desh warriors, one, you'll be sent to prison if you spread the beheading film, you racist Nazi. Two, Desh warriors have returned home to Sweden. Three, they died of knife wounds, sort of, and four, the murder in Morocco has nothing to do with Islam. That guy is summing up what they believe over there. It's terrible. So that's the state of uh, England today. And then in the United States of America, Mail Online, Ilan Omar becomes the first to wear hijab in U.S. Congress. Exactly what I said would happen. They went in there and the first day they did away with the rule that says no hats or any uh, head things on anybody for any reason in the U.S. Congress, and now they've made an exception for a Muslim. Okay? Mongolia. SBS News. The transgender beauty queen breaking barriers in Mongolia. I'm not going to read the article. I just thought you know what's going on in Mongolia this week. Daniel 12. Mail Online. AI creates fake master fingerprints that are so realistic they could hack into a third of smartphones researchers warned. So last week we were talking about the phone that could scan your face and you, then you make a uh, uh, model of your face and you can use that to hack into a phone. Now AI can replicate fingerprints so that they can hack in via the fingerprint. So you can't use that anymore. Researchers were able to mimic more than one in five fingerprints. They did this using a neural network called a generative adversarial network. Researcher suggests fingerprint identification could become less secure. And if that's the beginning of this technology, they'll be able to have perfect fingerprints within 10 minutes. So that's out. Mail online. Here's another one. Everybody know about vein. They uh, scan your veins. You put your hand up to something. It shines a light in there and it reads the veins in your hands. That's unbreakable. It's inside of your hand. Your veins are unique to you. So when they scan it, guess what? Mail online. The wax hand that let hackers trick vein authentication security scanners. Yep. Security researchers created a wax hand that duped a vein scanning system. They disabled the infrared filter on a camera, captured a person's veins, replicated them on a laser printer, and then placed them under a skin-like beeswax. The researchers were able to trick systems manufactured by Hitachi and Fujitsu. So you don't need to cut off somebody's hand anymore to take their hand and hack into a system. You just scan his hand somewhere when he's not knowing it and you hack into a system. So you can't use that anymore. So they are quickly getting rid of the things that cannot be the mark of the beast. And what is left will be 
the mark of the beast. That's right. Okay, Zero Hedge. DARPA seeks new materials to keep hypersonic vehicles from overheating. So if any of you have this expertise here or online, please let DARPA know and they will hire you because they're looking for people to do this. DARPA is seeking new designs for cooling super hot leading edges of hypersonic vehicles as they rip through the air at more than five times the speed of sound. To address this thermal challenge, DARPA announced its materials, architectures, and characterization for hypersonics, or MOC program. The press release described the MOC program as an attempt to develop and demonstrate new design and material solutions for shape-stable, cooled, leading edges for hypersonic vehicles. For decades, people have studied cooling the hot leading edges of hypersonic vehicles, but haven't been able to demonstrate practical concepts in flight. The key is developing scalable materials architectures that enable mass transport to spread and reject heat. In recent years, we've seen advances in thermal engineering and manufacturing that could enable the design and fabrication of very complex architectures not possible in the past. If successful, we could see a breakthrough in mitigating aerothermo effects at the leading edge that would enhance hypersonic performance. According to DARPA, the mock program will consist of two technical areas. This is where, if you have the specialty, join in, folks. The first will develop thermal management systems that cool the leading edges through what they refer to as advanced thermal design, while the second will focus on next-generation hypersonic materials research, such as new coatings and high-temperature material that do not require cooling in the first place due to the nature of the materials. What that means is they want a cooling system inside that goes up towards the front and keeps it cool, and then they have materials on the outside which are impervious to the heat. And that is very similar in case you uh, want to go to a diversion for a second. At my house, I have these interesting lamps. They're made out of stainless steel, and people always say, what is that? And what it is is I used to take care of in Malaysia the CCIP and PDM programs for the C-130 aircraft. They would fly in from Operation Desert Storm, and we would break them down. CCIP is a two-year program. PDM is a four-year program where everything is taken apart, every bolt on that airplane. And in the leading edge of these uh, airplanes are these things that keep the uh, ice from uh, forming on them and also keeps them from getting too hot. And when they take them out, they just throw them away. Well, they're beautiful things that stand up, and uh, you put a rod through it, and you put a base on it, and you put a light bulb on the top, and you've got a beautiful lamp. And then I also have some of the uh, turbines for the, I think they were T-38 engines, trainer engines that they used in the Malaysian Air Force. These are really cool. They look like something from outer space, and we made some nice lamps out of those, which we still have 30 years later. But uh, anyway, there you go. That's what they're looking for. What's that? Well, come over and take a look next time. Pay attention. I got all kinds of neat stuff there. Anyway, Revelation Plagues today. Mail online. Measles fears in New Jersey airport. Hundreds of travelers may have been exposed to the disease in Newark. Man, New Jersey's just been getting it lately. I'm telling you what. Uh, on Christmas Eve, health officials warned a traveler who flew into Newark Liberty International's Terminal B from Brussels had been diagnosed with the disease. They went through passport check between noon and 4 p.m. and they were sending out notice that anybody that was on that plane or in that terminal, please monitor yourself and report somewhere because, uh, you know, this is what happens. We're in a world where people move around, they're sick. It gets transferred around. And once it starts blossoming, it's like a flower. You know, you got a little bit here and it opens up and all of a sudden it's everywhere. So hopefully they'll get that before it gets worse. Guardian. 
Fakistinian superbug epidemic could spread, doctors say. Now, this is terrible. I hate to see human suffering, and it could spread, meaning to Israel and other areas. But I want to tell you that if they had taken the money that they have been given for the past years, billions and billions and billions of dollars, they would have the state-of-the-art hospitals in all of the planet, and instead they frittered it away. They build bombs, and they pay people to kill Jews. So I really don't have any sympathy on them. On the people, yes, but not on them as a society. All right, here we go. Doctors in Gaza and the West Bank have said they are battling an epidemic of antibiotic-resistant superbugs, a growing problem in the world's conflict zones, which could also spill over the Fakistinian borders. The rise and spread of such virulent infections adds to the devastation of war, increasing medical costs, blocking hospital beds because patients need care for longer, and often leaving people whose injuries might have once healed with life-changing disabilities. Gaza is especially fertile breeding ground for superbugs because its health system has been worn down by years of blockade and antibiotics are in short supply. That is completely untrue. They had the money. They could have gotten these things that they needed. Instead, they chose to isolate themselves from the world and kill you, not save self. I have no sympathy on them as a people. The individuals, yes. As a people, no. Okay, let's go on. This is a global health security issue because multi-drug resistant organisms don't know any boundaries. That's the real problem there. This is why the global community, even if it's not interested in the politics of Gaza, should be interested in this. Shortages of water, power, and fuel for generators mean doctors cannot always meet even basic hygiene standards, making it easier for any drug-resistant infection to spread. At times, doctors are not even able to wash their hands, and there are shortages of gloves, gowns, and chlorine tablets for disinfecting. A decade-long Israeli blockade, blame it on Israel, on travel and trade means Gaza is relatively isolated compared with other conflict areas that have proved fertile ground for superbugs. If they would participate in the world stage as normal people, this wouldn't be a problem. They're not willing to. They take their funds and they rifle them off to things that should not be used for, they have done this to themselves, but it is going to affect the rest of the world. I like your shirt there, Chief. He just took off. He's got a gray shirt on. Good job. Good stuff. Just took off his uh, jacket or something. I happen to notice a gray shirt there. All right. From uh, morality today, LifeSite, Canada. Now, this would never happen. Okay. This would never happen when they suggested this. And I reported on it a couple months ago, and now they're at the point where they're actually going to do it. Canada considers allowing doctors to euthanize children. A long-awaited discussion paper on three controversial extensions, extensions to Canada's euthanasia law has been released. The first law was only in very extreme circumstances, only old people that, you know, blah, 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 blah. And they've been very slowly put adding in extensions. Well, now they're down to children, okay? It was only two and a half years ago that Bill C-14 was passed amending the criminal code to legalize both euthanasia and physician-assisted suicide. Now the government is already considering expanding eligibility. The three areas are requests for euthanasia by mature minors, advanced requests, and requests where mental illness is the sole underlying mental condition. All highly controversial issues which have surfaced in the media. Well, guess what? This is exactly what Germany did during World War II. Get rid of your undesirables. If they want to go, let them check themselves out. If not, check them out for them. All right. Each has generated a long, well-documented report. 
While the CCA's brief was simply to outline the issues, which it did quite well, it is easy to discern in which of the proposals was most controversial amongst the authors, euthanasia for mature minors. Only the Netherlands and Belgium permit this at this moment, and there are only 16 documented cases, which do not include the experiences of the families of the mature minors. Now, they keep saying mature minors. That means anybody that can decide. If you're three and you say, I want to kill myself, you're a mature minor. That's what this means. It doesn't mean somebody that's 17 and three quarters going on 18 very soon. It's nothing like that. Okay. Yeah, Planned Parenthood. Exactly. The nub of the issue, given that euthanasia has already been legalized, is balancing the autonomy of persons under 18, their maturity in dealing with life and death issues, and the need to protect them from undue pressure. The working group concludes that there are many gaps in knowledge that make it difficult to arrive at definitive answers. Mm. WTAE says court rules mother's drug use in pregnancy is not child abuse. Yes, Pennsylvania's high. Why do you think that is? Because if they say it's child abuse to take drugs and you harm your unborn baby, then what do they have to do? They have to say that abortion is murder. That's right. Pennsylvania's highest court says mothers who use illegal drugs while pregnant cannot be considered perpetrators of child abuse against their newly born children under the state's child protection law. The court's main opinion issued Friday, which is a week ago, says the law's definition of a child doesn't include fetuses or unborn children. And it says victims of perpetrators must be children. Two justices who dissented say what should matter is when the injury manifests itself, and that can be after the child is born. The case involves a child who spent 19 days in Williamsport Hospital last year after birth being treated for drug dependence that caused severe withdrawal symptoms. The mother's lawyer calls the decision a victory for public health and the rights of women and children. Absolutely insane. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And then from the Daily Wire, uh, most of you saw this, but I'm going to read it anyway to remind you of it. Abortion killed 42 million people in 2018. There you go. The leading cause of death on the planet in human history, abortion. Our other category, weasel zippers. Bloomberg admits he's in a, a talk with somebody on TV. He admits U.S. is meeting Paris climate goals without being a part of the agreement. So why be a part of an agreement, which the only thing that was, because if we're a part of that agreement, what do they do? They take our money and they fund it to other people. Well, if we're meeting the agreement, we don't need to worry about them. They need to meet their own standards. He did the right thing when he pulled us out of there. We need to never be caught in that type of a trap again. Good job and haha on Bloomberg for admitting that. From Zero Hedge, firearms related accident deaths plunge 41% from 1999. Yep. In 2017, nearly 40,000 people were killed from gun-related incidents in the United States, according to the data. By contrast, gun-related incidents account for less than 29,000 deaths in 1999. The report went on to list some of the higher-profile shootings last year, such as the terrorist attack, because that's what it really was, on 22,000 concert goers in October of 2017 in Las Vegas, which killed 58 people, and the following month when a former Air Force member killed 25 people at a Texas church. Of the 40,000-odd recorded gun deaths, the CD said half were due to suicides, and just over one-third were homicides. Okay, so if half of them are suicides, 
if you don't have a gun and you want to commit suicide, they say it's easier when you have a gun. It's no easier. You just go kill yourself some other way. People do it all the time. They've been doing it for thousands of years. And while any gun death, how many people have died from suicide in the Bible? Does anybody know? I believe the number is six. All right. And while any gun deaths are tragic, those figures are still very low proportionately in a country of some 320 million and 90 million gun owners. Also, according to the NSSF, thankfully, the CDC breaks down the data by unintentional fatalities, homicides, and suicides, thereby making a careful review of the data possible. Since 1999, the year referenced by the CDC, the agency's own data showed that the overall number of gun-related accidents are actually down more than 41%, though tens of millions more firearms have been purchased. In other words, we've got millions and millions and millions of more firearms and many less deaths. And I would say that a large portion of the suicides don't have anything, anything to do with guns, even if a gun was used. It has to do with the drugs people are taking, it has to do with the stresses of life, the uh, economy that our previous president put us under, other things like that. All are involved in suicides. You know, Steely Dan did a song years ago called Black Friday, and it starts out with the guy in the suit jumping out of the 14th floor, right? Well, that's what happens when there's stresses in society. When you lose everything, you do things like that. So you can't blame guns on the thing. And when you have more guns and lots more people and less deaths, it's telling you that it's not the gun, which is the problem. All right. The CDC data does reflect the fact that most gun related deaths are suicides. And that's been the case now for years. There, there's more as it relates to gun related homicide rates. According to the Crime Prevention Research Center, gun homicides are concentrated in a very few U.S. counties, all of them liberal. Every one of them. The center reported in April 2017 that 54% of counties in 2014 had zero murders, while just 2% of the counties had more than half, 51% of all gun-related murders that year. Meanwhile, 69% of the counties had no more than a single gun-related murder. The worst 1% of counties held 19% of the country's population and featured 37% of all gun-related homicides. You're, Chicago, Detroit, Washington, D.C., which is not counted in that, but which has very high rates, St. Louis, all Democrat counties. You take those out, and I, we have the lowest gun death rates almost in the entire world. You take out the liberal bastions of murder, and we have very, very safe society. Anyway, zero hedge. Angela Merkel, nation states must give up sovereignty to new world order. Now, the new world order part is inserted by the people, but she said they must give up their sovereignty, okay? Which means to a new world order. So here we go. Nation states must today be prepared to give up their sovereignty, according to German Chancellor Angela Merkel, who told an audience in Berlin that sovereign states, nation states must not listen to the will of their citizens when it comes to questions of immigration, borders, or even sovereignty. Well, if you have sovereignty, who are you going to listen to? It's just like, it's like, it makes no sense what she's saying, but this is her thought processes. Merkel has announced she won't seek re-election in 2021. So now this really comes out. Yep. And it is clear she is attempting to push the globalist agenda to its disturbing conclusion before she stands down. There were politicians who believed that they could decide when these agreements are no longer valid because they are representing the people. But 
the people are individuals who are living in a country. They are not a group who define themselves as, for example, the German people. Merkel has, which makes no sense at all once again. Merkel has previously accused critics of the UN Global Compact for Safe and Orderly Migration of not being patriotic, saying that it is not patriotism, but because patriotism is when you include others in German interests and accept win-win situations. Her words echo recent comments by the deeply unpopular French President Macron, who stated in a Remembrance Day speech that patriotism is the exact opposite of nationalism because nationalism is treason. Now, what they're saying is if you let people in your country and they overtake you, that's patriotism. But if you believe that your country is a sovereign nation and has rights and borders that are to be protected, you're a treasonist. That's what they're saying. The French president's words were deeply unpopular with the, the French population and his approval rating nosedived even further after the comments. Macron, whose lack of leadership is proving unable to deal with the growing protests in France, told the Bundestag that France and Germany should be at the center of the emerging new world order. The Franco-German couple has the obligation to not let slip the world into chaos and to guide it on the road to peace. Yes. Europe must be stronger and win more sovereignty. How are you going to win sovereignty when you let people that hate you come into your nation? doesn't make any sense. He went on to demand, just like Merkel, that the EU member states surrender national sovereignty to Brussels over foreign affairs, <laughs> migration, and development, as well as giving an increasing part of our budget and even fiscal resources. This is exactly what the left wants in this nation. This is exactly what they want. They don't want this nation anymore. This is the major hindrance to the new world order right now. And when the rapture happens and Pelosi takes over, gone. gone. That's right. This nation is done. BBC, German army could recruit EU citizens. German army. Seven years after Germany scrapped conscription, its defense chief has said employing EU citizens is an option to fill expert posts. Army General Inspector Eberon Zorn said the forces had to look in all directions in times of a lack of qualified personnel. Shoot yourself in the foot and then look for somebody else to take care of your problem, such as doctors and IT specialists. Under post-World War II laws, soldiers in the German military have to be German. For such a big country, it may appear strange to have a relatively ill-equipped army. But after reunification, the Bundeswehr gradually shrank in size from 486,000 in 1990 to 186,000 in 2015. There was no perceived military threat after the Cold War, and cuts to defense spending continued until 2014. German forces played key but limited NATO roles in Kosovo and Afghanistan, but that was before two key developments, a resurgent Russia, annexed Crimea from the Ukraine in 2014, and ISIS seized territory in Syria in 2013. The culture of underfunding changed, and last month an opinion poll suggested 43% of Germans agreed on the need for a greater defense spending, up from 32% in 2017. Changing world. From Weasel Zippers. Krispy Kreme truck destroyed in fire. Lexington City Police mourn. Other departments send their condolences. Yes, it's true. They have the pictures of police out there weeping over this burned up donut truck. Mail online. America's oldest World War II veteran dies at 112 years old. Richard Overton, who fought the Japanese, credited his long life to 
Whiskey and cigars. Yes, passes away after battle with pneumonia. I do a study on this. Anytime somebody kicks the bucket over 100 years old, they always put them in the paper and they tell what they believed was their success for a long life. 99% of them say either whiskey or wine, cigars, bacon, pork chops. Listen, living healthy is not going to make you live any longer or any shorter. Your days are ordained by the Lord. All right? Unless you have something actually happen to you, just live your life. Okay, this guy lived his life to the full. Hats off to our uh, past veteran, Richard Overton, 112 years old. Okay, I've got a Lesrick for you today. Let's see. By the way, well, I'll tell this afterward. Let's see if you can figure out first which article I'm doing. Don't see her if you're a Jew. She hates you. Your visit, you'll rue. She'll give you bad med. You might wind up dead. Religion has made her... Cuckoo. <laughs> yes, Les is a Jew. That's why he could write that and make a joke out of it. Our irony of the week is called Loser Lefties. Okay, Loser Lefties. From Zero Hedge. Firm that warned Americans of Russian bots was running an army of fake Russian bots. Loser Lefties. It was a left organization. Okay, and from KRCR. California organizers cancel Women's March January 19th due to overwhelmingly white participants. Loser lefties. Such is the world we live in. So from Sarasota, Florida to Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia, I'm Charlie Garrett. This is The Superior Word, and that is your Prophecy Update for the week. <laughs>